We are so glad you joined us today on our podcast. We would love to continue to connect with you throughout the week. And to do that, you can check us out at substancechurch.com or on social media by searching at SubstanceMN or Substance Church. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. Substance, make some noise wherever you are at. You guys made it to church Easter Sunday, and some of you, you dressed up. What? I love it. I love it. If, you, if you're newer, um, I'm Pastor Peter Haas. My wife and I launched this church a little over 17 years ago. And I'll tell you what, could I just have everybody here at Northtown just help me welcome those joining online at downtown, at our, at our Maple Grove West Side Campus. Monterey, Mexico, come on, we love you guys. It is so fun to be able to do church together. And of course, I, I just, man, I just feel like I, 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 gosh, every time I see you guys, I, I just, I love you guys so much. And I, I just, I hope you understand, we're not a church service. We are a family. And yeah, we're a family that happens to have a church service, but uh, we're a family. And I, I just, I, I love, I just feel like we're, we're a, a big, the way I describe us to other people is, is we're just a big group of friends who believe God has more for us. And uh, I, I just, even yesterday, we had a huge family event at our Maple Grove campus. We had mini golf, bounce houses, all that. And, and uh, the parking lot was so packed. I mean, it was packed. Hundreds of families showed up. And, and I, I was, but it wasn't how many people that showed up at the event that impressed me. It was how many people were hugging each other, encouraging each other. I, how many people were finding their new best friend. And I, my wife and I kind of walked away a little overwhelmed, like, man, we could be best friends with so many people here. It's just like, it's just everybody, it feels like there's so many authentic people. And, and listen, if you don't have that, we just want to adopt you into our family, or maybe you don't have it yet, just keep pressing in, because really that's, that's why we do what we do, is we just want to help the Bible make sense to everyday life. And, and, and that's why we're, we're, today is no exception on Easter Sunday, it's the Sunday we celebrate Christ rising from the dead. It's the Sunday we celebrate, you know, the disciples found out the tomb was empty, that everything Christ promised was true and more. And I, I just, what makes Resurrection Sunday so epic so is this idea that this is a God who can change the normal order of things. He can reverse it. And I don't know what you've got going on in your life that isn't ideal, but this is a God who can reverse that, who can change that. And I, I just, ultimately, I actually think it means that we serve a God who loves to flex. Okay, now I, I'm just saying, he does miracles that kind of show things off. You, when you read the Bible, you're like, okay, God, that's overdramatic. You know what I'm saying? And, and I know, like, I'm not overdramatic at all, but this is a God who's overdramatic, right? No, I, seriously, he loves to flex. If I had more to flex, I would flex it. Most people are like, you know, don't you hate that when people come up to you and like, flex your muscle? And I'm like, I am. You jerk, I'm a kind of just a skinny dude, you know? But I, if I could flex more, I would flex. And actually, when you read the Bible, Jesus was constantly showing that he's more than a teacher, more than a, just a, 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 a rabbi. He's a miracle worker. In fact, you could barely read a chapter of the Gospels without finding a new miracle. And yet, you know what, what kind of surprises me is that the disciples who followed Jesus 
they were constantly surprised that a miracle would happen. I mean, it was almost like, how many times can you be surprised by a miracle? Let me just give you an example real quick, okay? When Jesus multiplied five loaves and two fish to feed the 5,000 people, all of a sudden the disciples freaked out like, oh my gosh, how could he do that? That's like crazy, right? When Jesus walked on water, his disciples freaked out. When Jesus spoke to the storm, disciples freaked out. And then, then he multiplies loaves and fish again for, to feed 4,000. Disciples freaked out. Then Jesus raised the widow of Nain's son from the dead, Luke 7. The disciples freaked out. Then he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, Luke 8. Disciples freaked out. Then he raised Lazarus from the dead. John 11, disciples freaked out. So why were they surprised that he rose from the dead? Why? Like what was going on? Well, I think at the very least it tells us something about human nature, okay? And I think that every one of us has something like this on the inside of us. It's a pattern that reveals something about our sinful human nature and it's we constantly minimize what God is capable of doing. And I just wanna pose that question today. What if today you were minimizing the power of God to work on your behalf in the area where you need it most? Let me tell you, faith is like leaky fuel. Guess what? My car doesn't stay eternally filled with gas. Isn't that frustrating? You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing with your soul. Your soul does not stay eternally full of faith. You have moments of faith, but you gotta continue filling it with faith. I remember early on in my faith journey, um, I, I got to spend a, a summer in Ghana, West Africa, and I got to pray for a blind woman, a totally blind woman, and she received sight after praying for her. And to be honest, it freaked me out more than it freaked her out, okay? I, I mean, I knew God did that like in the Bible. I'd never actually seen it happen in my personal life. I'd never, to be honest, I don't think I'd ever up until that point in my life seen an undeniable miracle. You know what I'm saying? I had never seen an undeniable miracle before. And when I saw it, it so freaked me out. I thought, I'm never gonna doubt God ever again. I'm gonna pray for people. I'm gonna see miracles. I was like all fired up, right? But did I doubt God again? Of course I did. Why? Because faith is like leaky fuel. If we're not in an atmosphere where we are regularly exposed to God's word, God's church, and God's spirit, eventually we're gonna struggle again, okay? And the, and the good news is this, when you actually read the gospels and, and the disciples, eventually, finally after Christ rose from the dead, they started getting it, right? They started figuring this out, a light bulb turned on, and then all of a sudden, God used the apostle Peter to raise a, a girl named Tabitha from the dead in Acts chapter nine, and then the apostle Paul figured it out too. He, there was a guy, Eutychus, who fell out of a third story window in Acts 20 and he died and then Paul, God used Paul to raise Eutychus from the dead. We're gonna actually meet Eutychus in heaven. How cool is that? We're gonna be like, you're the dude that fell asleep and died, right? And he's like, yeah, that was me, you know. At least I made it into the Bible, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's probably gonna say that. Uh, but, but actually, I love that. I think to a certain degree, we're all Eutychus. God is doing, we're all dorks who God does miracles in our lives and at some point, it's gonna be a testimony to our friends and family that God is truly alive. And I, I just, you know, with all this in mind, I, I wanna read to you Paul's prayer out of Ephesians 1:18 because I, I think it's gonna, it, it, Paul gives us a clue as to why our souls start doubting God. And I love the scripture, Paul, Paul prays, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So he's, he's explaining his prayer. 
He's, he's basically saying, let me tell you why I pray for you. You need enlightenment, and here's why I pray this for you. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in order that you may know three things. The hope to which he has called us. Some of you, 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 you're a Christian, but you don't actually have hope. You don't know this, which is why I'm praying for you, Paul says. I pray that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Come on, you have an inheritance. Some of you, you need to be happy today. And some of you are like, well, inherited what? Well, that's what we're talking about. You've inherited a million things, and some of you, you don't even realize it. You've got an inheritance. That's why Paul's praying for us. I pray that you know the hope, the inheritance, and here's the thing that I wanna focus on. Incomparably great power. Not just power, not just like, ah, a little zap of power. Okay? Incomparably great power for, for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every title that can be given, every circumstance, even your boss, even your coworkers, even that frustrating neighbor of yours. Come on. God's power is greater and can be over anything that, that, every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. Now, okay, here's what I want to focus on right here. I want to, it says, it says, incomparably great power for us who believe. I want to focus on that. Incomparably great what? Power for us who what? So not for everybody. Only us who Believe We can call ourselves Christians and still not have incomparably great power because if there's not belief in there, if we're not flexing that faith muscle, and, and you gotta understand that power is not merely for salvation in the age to come in heaven, but it's for everyday life too. God wants to invade in the practical things. For me, it's kinda easy for me to trust God for big things, but it's really hard for the little things. I remember when, like, when I first met my wife, she would trust God for little things. She'd be like, you know, like our lawnmower died, and she's like, let's pray, and I'd be like, no, we just save money and buy a new one, you know, like, but she would pray for our lawnmower, and I'm like, oh, maybe I, I, I don't ever trust God for little things. I don't ever pray for my lawnmower. By the way, our, our microwave is dead. We need to pray for our microwave right now. I, I, you know, I, I just, see, it's, it's, it's turning on. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, I might be spiritual someday. I love this. Okay, but, but, but for real, I, I you know, a, a while back, I was hanging with this delightful Christian couple, and this is kind of a funny story. They had a, they had a Keurig coffee machine, that they had just bought, they, they kind of bought a, a nice bougie one, and, and uh, even though it was fairly new, the water pump on it broke, and so they were gonna throw it away, and we were all kind of standing around like, mm, that's a shame, you know, a brand new Keurig thing broken, and what are you gonna do, you know, like, and uh, they couldn't return it, and, and so we were all standing around, and, and, and of course, they, I have this like hilarious miracle story where God, like, where I prayed for my roommate's music player and it got healed and it was hilarious and I, I'm not gonna share it right here now, but like I, I, I told them the story and they were like, well, why don't you pray for our Keurig machine? And of course, I, I don't know why I didn't like think that and I'm like, oh, like what do you mean? And like, like lay hands on it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Like in my mind, I'm like, why not? Let's lay hands on this. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Rise up. You know, like what do you do? You know, like what's the prayer? And so I, I, I prayed. I, I literally, I'm like, you guys ready? If I'm gonna pray for your Keurig, you better have faith with me, right? And they're all smiling, like, let's do it. And so I'm like, in Jesus' name, Lord, we we need coffee. <laughs> you know, like, 
And, and, uh, and, and I'm like, no, I, I was like, God, you can do anything. You can even, you can heal this Keurig coffee machine in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 okay? And, and then I'm like, all right, let's try it out. And so we got it ready, and we put it in, and we popped the thing, and boom, Jehovah Java showed up. We all, and, and that not only did it work for one cup, it was like everybody, and it's worked ever since, and it's just been like, what the heck, you know, like, and you're like, I, I just, I walked away so, like, fired up, I'm like, man, I could start a healing shop for broken appliances. <laughs> Refrigerators fall in the name of Jesus, you know? I love, just, I could even, Pete's appliances and Revival Center, you know, like, I, it, anyway, but I, I just, you know, and I know what some of you are thinking, well, God hasn't healed my piece of junk car. What's up with that? You know, like, and, I, I, and, and here's the deal. There's a lot of things that I'm trusting God for that are not happening the way I want in the timeline that I want it. And so I, I, I share that because I, I just want you to understand that God isn't a genie. You know, he, he doesn't operate on our timetable. And, and the Bible gives a million reasons for that. I mean, for one, God, sometimes God is working a greater good. He's doing something much bigger than what you're asking him for. God's like, yeah, I could, I could answer that, but that would be actually lame uh, because there's this bigger thing going on that you're gonna be happy that I answered that way instead of that way, or you, I answered in this timeline rather than that timeline. Sometimes the Bible teaches that, um, that actually God is using adversity to, to draw us deeper into himself. God's up in heaven saying, yeah, I could answer that problem, but you know what you really need? You need a stronger relationship with my word, my church, and my spirit, and the only way I'm gonna pull you in is by using a little stress, and, but if you just press in, I'm gonna work it. Well, I'm gonna work it out, and, and for some of us, that's actually what God is doing, and maybe you're here today, and, and you're like, you know what? I don't have a strong relationship with his word, his church, or his spirit, and Listen, I, I really do believe that God wants to draw you deeper into those three things because it's easy for us if we lack those things in our lives to suddenly reduce the gospel just to a neat story and, and, and as, if, as if it's not, or just a dead tradition, as if it's not real life power. And I just, a lot of us, we miss the point. God isn't dead. He's still alive. Miracles still happen and he can still do it in the area where you need it most. And I, I, I wanna stimulate your faith a little bit by just sharing a couple of miracle stories. I, almost every other week I try to share a miracle story that happens at Substance, and thankfully we have a lot of these happen. But this one particularly happened when I was watching the news, right? Like who knew you could actually be encouraged watching the news. But I, I found this on the news, it was a miracle story that the news shared. It was, uh, and, and it was so sensational, I actually went, I got the transcript from the TV station uh, Channel 7 News, back in 2008, a Fox affiliate in Miami, WSVN. And I'm just gonna read the transcript word for word. And so if it sounds like it was written by a newscaster, it was, okay? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna channel my inner newscaster, okay? Is it a medical mystery or a miracle? I love that. It's just like, mm, okay. A South Florida man pronounced dead from a massive heart attack and then brought back to life. His doctor says the man was raised from the dead by a simple prayer. Channel 7's Luis Aguirre has the story. Dr. Chauncey Crandall isn't your usual doctor. He's a world-renowned cardiologist who's a man of medicine and science, but he's also a man of faith. Dr. Crandall says, if you come into my, if you come in, 
come in with a problem into our service, we are definitely gonna treat you with conventional medicine, but we're also gonna attack it with prayer. He calls himself the Christian physician because he prays with each heart patient he sees at his Palm Beach practice. The difference, he says, is dramatic. Dr. Crandall said, the reason I pray for people is because I found early on in my trained practice that there were miracles, that there are unexplained healings. But even his strong faith could not prepare him for what would happen the day that Jeff Markin walked into the Palm Beach Gardens emergency room. Jeff Markin said, I drove to the Gardens Hospital, went in, took out my wallet, and I fell to the floor with a massive heart attack. For 40 minutes, doctors and nurses in the ER tried to revive him with no success. When they couldn't get his heart started again, they called for Dr. Crandall, who was doing rounds in the hospital at that time. Dr. Chauncey Crandall said, as I entered the ER, it looked like a war zone. I mean, here's this lifeless body on a stretcher, and, and of course, the doctor couldn't do anything and could only confirm what everyone else already knew. Jeff was dead. He had gone almost an hour by this point without a heartbeat, and his body was starting to decompose. His face, his arms, his legs were pitch black with death, said Dr. Crandall. Let's just Let's just call the code, guys, and let's just end it, because there's, there's no life left. As Dr. Crandall turned to leave, he says he got another call this time, a call from God to pray. Okay, newscaster, right? I love this. Dr. Crandall said, a, a, a voice just told me, turn around and pray for that man. I looked down at the body and I said, Lord, what, what, can I, what can I pray for this man? He's gone. And all of a sudden, the words just flew out. Father, I cry out for this man's soul. If he does not know you, raise him from the dead. Despite protests from doctors and nurses who were preparing Jeff's body for the morgue, Dr. Crandall insisted that they shock, <laughs> they shock Jeff one more time. So that doctor came over with those paddles and blasted the man, and all of a sudden, instantly, a perfect heartbeat came up on the monitor. His stomach started moving, his chest started moving, this man started breathing on his own, and I said out loud, this man has been prayed for and brought back from the dead by prayer in the name of Jesus. But where was Jeff during all of this? He believes that he left his body and crossed over into the afterlife. Jeff Markin said, I was actually standing in the back of a funeral home and I came to realize this is where my funeral would be. But in the middle of sitting alone in darkness, Jeff says, a figure appeared to him. This figure identified himself as Bob. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> like, Every service, everybody laughs. It's like, Bob, like, okay. And he was going to make sure that everything was okay. I'm, I'm figuring that perhaps that was my guardian angel. Once again, here's another piece of evidence suggesting that angels are not naked babies with wings. Here's Michael, here's Gabriel, and Bob. I love it, I love it, why not? 
At that time, Jeff Markin said, a very peaceful feeling, just a very relaxed feeling came over me. And then the figure said that he had to go. And next thing I knew, I woke up in my daughter's arms. He woke up to a second chance, one that cannot be explained by medicine or science. As Dr. Crandall puts it, the only answer is divine intervention. Dr. Crandall said, you're speaking to a scientist, a cardiologist, someone who loves medicine, and I, I've never, ever seen anything like this. There's, there's always people that don't believe these events, and I'll just tell them, hey, it did happen, it was a real story, and it was a real life that was restored. Jeff wasn't exactly a believer before that day. He didn't attend church or read the Bible, but this experience has made him believe that there is a higher purpose for his life. Jeff Markin said, I, I feel like I feel like maybe I'm supposed to be a messenger. And I, I wanna get the, the right message across that miracles do happen. And Jeff says he is now attending church mainly because he wants to figure out why he was chosen for a second chance at life. Isn't that cool? Isn't that crazy? No kidding, he's gonna figure it out. You know what I mean? He's gonna go to church. Besides, he's gotta figure out who this Bob guy is, right? I mean, is he in the Bible, you know, whatever, I, I don't know. But I, I just, here's the deal, guys. I, you guys know that I have hundreds of stories like these modern day miracle stories. And actually, if you're curious about even stuff like this, I actually did an entire sermon on stories like these um, called The Scientific Case for the Afterlife. And if you're really curious about it, I, I, I literally have dozens and dozens of books on near-death experiences. There's, there's over, I mean, there's, there, there's hundreds of really fun stories that just really just share at least the very evidence that there's more to life than maybe what we currently know. And so, again, if you're, if you're interested in, in that message, just go to our YouTube page, Substance Church, and just type in Scientific Case. And actually, there's a whole bunch of uh, messages that'll show up for, for skeptics. If you're anything like me, uh, you'll enjoy these. But I, I, I wanted to end with just one last story, kind of similar to the one that I just shared with you, the Jeff Markin story. Um, it, it's similar in that uh, this experience happened to a person who is not a believer. Actually, this woman uh, who I'm about to tell the story about, she was a, a Jewish woman who did not believe in Christ uh, when she had this experience, and she had a head-on collision with another car, actually another car swerved off the road and, and hit them and um, she, this collision happened when she had two of her little boys in the back seat and so what, what, what was crazy about it is she described all of this to a non-Christian near-death uh, experience researcher, okay, so this was a part of a, a greater research project and she, she claimed that she found herself floating above the car accident and could see everything in detail. And kind of what made her interesting to near-death researchers is that she could see directly into the car that struck them. And she said, she claimed that she could see all, the, all these details in the car. She could, she could see the other young lady in the car that hit her um, was clearly dead. She could see her own body unconscious. She could, she could see the cars uh, on, up and down the road that were stopping. And she could actually verify details that were happening in some of these other cars. Uh, she could actually say that this other woman 
gentleman got out of the car and came running up to her car to get her boys out of the car. And what made her very interesting to, to near-death researchers is that she, uh, she was one of a group of people that could verify all sorts of details that would have been otherwise impossible. Like she could verify like, like conversations that were happening 150 feet down the road, things that would have been impossible for her to, to, to know, but then they could verify it after the fact. Did that conversation in fact happen? Did that happen? Those types of things. And so uh, researchers were very fascinated with her case. But um, what was interesting is uh, about it, so a woman got her two boys out of the car and uh, this is where the story gets even more bizarre. She was, she was in the air, and all of a sudden, she just felt this massive amount of peace and serenity coming from a, a very specific direction. And she, she turned to see where the peace was emanating from, and, and boom, there was Jesus. The only problem is she doesn't believe in Jesus. Okay, so it makes her account even more fascinating. And I'm gonna read her word-for-word her -word account about what happened next, and, I, and, and it's just fascinating to kind of hear how she describes it as a Jewish woman. This, this Jesus looked like kind of all the paintings, you know, with like a white robe and a beard, and, and then when his hand touched mine, I, I just never wanted to leave this man. And then she wrote from that moment forward, I, I, I never looked or thought back upon the accident scene or, or even earth until Jesus prodded me to do so. And then she, she would call this Jesus, she called it a Jesus lookalike, because she didn't know how else to describe who this figure was. Uh, this Jesus lookalike took her to a well, on a, like a borderland between bliss and misery, and, and, and he made me look down into this well, and all of a sudden I saw this group of people that were just mourning in pain. They were blackened, they were sweaty, they were, they were chained to their spots. And I, I was, as I looked, I was just disgusted, I was horrified, I was, I was scared because it was so ugly. And I just, I just knew in that moment I would be one of those creatures if I stayed. And so as much as I wanted to stay and experience the peace, I knew if I did stay, that was not gonna be my future, it was gonna be that. And so, uh, I, so she, she's looking into this well, and, and, and Jesus did not want me to stay, she says. And so I leaned over the well, and this young Jesus looked like, maybe, maybe it was God himself, or maybe, maybe those Christians aren't as peculiar as I think they are, but this Jesus-like guy put his hand on my back as I looked into the well, and all of a sudden I saw three children in the well crying out to me, Mommy, 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 we need you, please, come back to us. And there were two boys and a girl. Now, what was kinda interesting about this is the two boys looked like her boys, but older, and the, the weird thing is, is she didn't have a girl. So she's kind of like, I don't even know who the girl is and why there was a third girl in there because, you know, so she thought that was kind of strange. But all of a sudden, next thing she knows, she appeared above the car accident again. She heard her boys crying. And she goes, in that moment, the moment I heard my boys cry, I knew I have to get back into my body and I have to raise my kids. And, and, and guess what? That's exactly what happened. She woke up in her body. And, uh, you know, what was crazy about the experience is several years later, Guess what, she got pregnant with a girl who looked exactly like the girl in her experience. And listen to what she wrote, okay? I, I love this woman's honesty. She said, I still, I still don't believe in Jesus, but honestly, I, I know that it happened, and yet logically, I just can't account for all of it. Or possibly, 
possibly I just can't totally accept the reality of it yet because I'm, I'm Jewish and I don't believe in Jesus Christ, I only believe in God. And I, I love her honesty, I, I think it's kind of strange but it's, it's unique. First off, I, I just out of that story, I, I, do, I, I share stories like this because I, I wanted to show you a modern day miracle story where Christ is still revealing himself to people. Just like he appeared to Mary, just like he appeared to the, the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, just like he appeared to the disciples in a locked room. He's still revealing himself. He's still appearing. Why? Because he's alive. I believe he's alive. And I, I just, the, the second thing that's kind of interesting about that story I shared is that I, I think, I, the reason why I like it is I think all of us have traditions, worldviews, beliefs, questions that, that, that may be kind of great against scripture and we don't fully know how to resolve it and yet God's not worried about all of your, your thoughts about all those things. I mean, don't get me wrong, he wants you to, to figure those things out but I, I think God is bigger than all of those things and I, I just, I, I, the reason why I share that is because maybe you're here today and you've got a lot of questions and I wanna, I wanna validate that and say that's okay. In fact, really, you should run to those things. God wants you to explore those things. That's why, that's why we, we created the, this type of church. It's a place where people can explore matters of faith and doubt um, side by side without feeling judgment. But you can, but be, because ultimately I believe that even Christ wants to do that. He went up to doubting Thomas and said, put your hands in my wounds. Christ wants to indulge our skepticism, and I, I believe that one of the best ways we could celebrate um, Resurrection Day, Easter Sunday, is by exploring some of those doubts. And so, and I'm not asking you to kind of do it all right now in this moment, but I am asking you at the very least today to just begin pondering some of the, the foundational questions, and it's like this, what if, what if it's true? What if it's true? What if, what if Christ really did rise from the dead and he is the resurrection and the life? What if, what if God actually does have an eternal plan and through his death and resurrection on the cross that he made a way not only for eternal, uh, for eternal bliss, but you can start experiencing some of that right here on earth. What if that's true? What if he did really open up a path of incomparably great power for us who believe? And what if that incomparably great power could be manifested right now in the area where you need it most. Listen, I believe the best way we could celebrate God on this day is by allowing him to come into those areas where we're a bit scared, where our faith is a little bit low, and just saying, God, I take whatever little bit of faith I got and I just place it in your hands and just see what he does, see what he does, what kind of new miracles we're gonna see happen today. And so with all these things in mind, here's what I wanna do is I, I, when you came into church today, we gave everybody a little connection card, and I want you to pull that out right now. If you came in here, it's kind of a big floppy connection card, and I wanna just point out something on the bottom of this card for a second. Now, if you, if you want the digital version of it, just, again, take your phone and just hold it up to the, the, the jumbo screens, and, and uh, it'll show up digitally as well if you have a phone, but um, on the bottom of this connection card, I wanna point out four little boxes, A, B, C, and D. And I wanna just describe what A, B, C, and D is. And, and A, it stands for, I'm already in a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here and you already have a, a good relationship with his word, his church, with his spirit. And uh, if that's you, I just want you to check A today, okay? So I want everybody to, to check at least one of these boxes, okay? B, stands for I am beginning a relationship with God today. Maybe some of the things that, I, maybe you didn't 
you're not a church-going person, you're new to this whole thing, but you know what, 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 what you've heard today, maybe it's compelling and you're like, you know what, I need to, I need to seek this out, I need to figure this out. If, if that's you, B stands for I am beginning it today. And if that's you today, just check that box. C um, stands for uh, I need to consider it a little bit more first, okay? Maybe you're out there and you're like, I, I, I believe, but there's just a little bit more that I wanna explore uh, before I make any decisions. You're not fully sure you wanna dive into this. Listen, that's what our church is all about. Take your time. Um, but I, at the same time, I wanna encourage you, don't, don't do it passively. Be actively figuring out these types of things uh, because you don't wanna miss out if it's true, right? I, I just, I don't want you to miss out. Um, and then the, the final box is D. D stands for don't ever. I don't ever intend on making that decision. And, and obviously that one always kind of freaks me out a little bit, but you know what? Hey, if that's where you're at, I, I wanna encourage you, just be honest with your soul and just check that out, to, just check that box today. And in a, in a few minutes, we'll have a little uh, buckets that are gonna be passed and you can just throw that in there or just do it digitally on your phones. But over the next 20 seconds. I promise we won't spam you, we won't stalk you or anything like that. But, but with all that said, here, here's the point, is that I just want you, there's something about making a decision that, that I think sometimes activates something new in us. And I want this just to be a, a turning point for all of us. And for some of you, I, I really believe it's a turning point for incomparably great power where you need it most. So close your eyes. Just Identify, are there any areas where you just need a breakthrough from God? Maybe it's your finances, your physical body, your family. Lord, you see every life represented here and, and you know what's going on. You know, you know what we need even before we ask, your word says. And I pray that right now, just on Resurrection Sunday, that we would not miss out on the incomparably great power that you have for us right here and right now, and so Lord, we take whatever bit of faith we got and we place it in your hands and we just ask for you to magnify yourself. Flex on us today, Lord. And, and church, if you're agreeing with the prayer that I'm praying, then just repeat this after me, just say this. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me, renew me, and lead me starting today and for the rest of my life. If you agree with that prayer, say amen. Hey. Man, in Jesus' name. Isn't that fun? Come on, you guys. I love it. Right now, what we're gonna do is, with all that said, we're gonna have our campus pastors come on up and tell us where we're gonna go next. I love you guys. Can't, we're just gonna celebrate with one last song. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you would like to contribute to Substance financially, you can do so by visiting substancechurch.com giving and then select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check in next week for a new message.